0: Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one material page of Talmud each day. And today, Ktubot 78, that page has stuff on the brain, lots of stuff. Have a listen. It was taught in the Mishnah that if she inherited the property after she was married, both these, Bet Shammai, and those, Bet Hillel, agree that the husband may repossess it from the buyer's. The Gemara comments, let us say that we already learned in the Mishnah about the Rabbinic ordinance instituted in Usha. As Rabbi Yossi, son of Rabbi Chanina, said, in Usha they instituted an ordinance that in the case of a woman who sold her usufruct property, i.e. property that she alone owns and her husband benefits only from the dividends in her husband's lifetime and then died, the husband repossesses it from the purchasers. This appears to be the same halacha stated by the Mishnah. Now, We have spent plenty of time on this show talking about how Judaism isn't a religion of ephemeral feelings and disembodied beliefs. We believe that life happens right now and right here on earth, which means you have to deal not only with lofty affirmations, but also with very concrete things. Things like property. Because, as today's page reminds us, the stuff we own doesn't merely sustain us it also sometimes defines us. And we can try our best to claim that we're somehow better or somehow above it all, above material possessions or needs or concerns, but we really shouldn't do that because material possessions matter. This insight brought to mind a piece I'd written recently. It's about a part of my identity I'm particularly proud of and don't talk about as much as I probably should. A part that firmly confirms the core insights in today's page of Talmud. Don't be alarmed by the mildly crass term you're about to hear. I assure you that intentions are pure. So here we go. Of all the brittle pieces that make up the gorgeous mosaic of my identity, straight, male, nerd, itinerant drinker, mildly observant Jew, one shines brighter than the others. Ask me who I am or what I see when I plumb the depths of my soul, and I will say with pride and glee, justice, Je suis a basic bitch. Have you heard of us? If not, permit me this brief introduction, focused in essential basic bitch fashion on the things we consume and the ways in which they shape us. We ride the peloton, It gives us a sense of spiritual uplift, the sort we can only get when we sweat and watch a screen tell us how many calories we've burned. We love the pink drink over at Starbucks because it evokes the sunsets our friends aspirationally post on Instagram. We get our boots from Ugg and our hoodies from Aviator Nation and our yoga pants from Viore. And paying hundreds of dollars for each item when perfectly acceptable alternatives exist at a fraction of the price is precisely the point. We have at least one mindfulness app on our iPhone 13 Pro. We wish each other things like, have a blessed day. We count our blessings at the Whole Foods checkout line. If the above strikes you as vapid, vacuous, and vile, you're in good company. To our left, detractors are giddily painting us as the mind-numbed children of a culture consumed by consumption, unable to feel anything unless it's been properly branded and packaged and marketed and sold. Smart people, our self-elected intellectual and moral betters repeatedly tell us, smart people care about books and art and politics. Only Stepford wives could be bothered with accessories. Things aren't much brighter on our right, where the affluent and the haughty take great pleasure in mocking our bourgeois tastes. Why, they sneer, pay $300 for a jacket when, for just a few thousand more, you can have your tailor make you one to your exact specifications. We've heard all these quibbles before. We hear them every day. And yet we care little because we know that it's us humble bees who buzz with the true spirit of America. Have you been to America lately? It is, at least around its seared edges, a kingdom of exclusion. We used to be bashful about slamming the door in our fellow man's face, which is why major d's at fancy restaurants, for example, were skilled in the fine art of subtle rejection. The point wasn't to tell you that you couldn't have that table. It was to tell you that you couldn't have that table without being too impolite about it. The other month, by contrast, I attempted... Patronize a swanky club in downtown Manhattan. I won't say which, but it rhymes with Pliprianis. And was told I mustn't enter because the 26-year-old Wraith manning the door didn't care for my shoes. The sheer relish of raw power was precisely the point, which is why this town is now thick with speakeasies and secret dining clubs and members-only pools and other institutions meant to kick the huddled masses to the curb. That this is done at all is a tragedy. That it's done while endlessly squawking about diversity, equity, and inclusion is a farce. At South by Southwest a few years ago, I overheard a smiling attendant informing those of us waiting in line that unless we had the platinum badge, which sold for something like the price of a used car, we wouldn't be able to attend that day's star-studded panel on social justice and income inequality. Basic bitchness is the antidote to this moneyed malady. We're not repugnant commies, not murmuring Maoists who disguise our own insecurities and loathing with the tattered veils of ideology. We're Americans, and we believe that there's a direct, unbreakable bond that tethers redemption and consumption. Very early on in the biblical story, we know, mankind was commanded to fill the earth and subdue it which translated into suburban colloquialism means, at least in part, making some money and buying some stuff. But unlike the pernicious polytrucks who could only be happy if they get into Harvard and we do not because it's power they're interested in, not joy or transcendence, and because power, unlike life and liberty and happiness, could only be had if you have a bit more of it than the dude next door, we're happy with small and symbolic transactions. We don't like our goods too cheap, because then they'd be meaningless, which is what sets us apart from our pals who enjoy a good trip to the discount store and a six-pack of Coors Light. And we don't like them too expensive, because we don't believe in insurmountable barriers to entry. Like a cross between John Maynard Keynes and Goldilocks, we like our stuff at just the right price point. Neither too hot, nor too cold. Overpriced, but not outrageously so. Which, if you think about it, is a pretty decent definition of the soul of America itself. We are, as our greatest poet and our greatest basic bitch, Walt Whitman, so elegantly put it, stuffed with the stuff that is coarse and stuffed with the stuff that is fine. Our national excellence does not revolve around the care and feeding of the select few, as is customary in countries rooted in the rotting soil of aristocracy. Instead, we're dedicated to that most exalted and maligned of virtues, mediocrity, the only virtue that makes a mass-scale civilization possible and attainable to all. Drive around Italy at night, say, and you may go a hundred miles before you find a spot to serve you a cup of espresso. Sure, that brew when you finally press it to your lips will taste divine. But over on the I-80, even at 2 a.m., you won't go more than six miles before you stumble upon a Dunkin' Donuts and a perfectly serviceable cup. If you want the sort of country where goods and people and ideas can travel all night at full speed, it's the latter you want, not the former. We, basic bitches, are mediocrity's merry muses. Move over, Arato, Talia, and Cleo. We've Lululemon, Peloton, and Sephora here to whisper sweet lines of inspiration. You can be a little bit thinner, a little bit prettier, a little bit happier for a short time and for a small price. It may not sound like much, but it sure beats being told that you're too poor for this club, too dumb for that school, and too uncouth to participate in the making and consumption of the culture at large. And if that sounds to you like mere Trumpism with a human face, you're missing the point again. We know that ours is a perpetually adolescent nation. The sort of hormonal and excitable pimply and pubescent pup who's always eager to undertake wild schemes like going to the moon or building highways or finding a way to meet guys and girls on the internet. And so we basic bitches do our thing with gusto, looking for fun when our demagogues tell us we should worry about whatever the latest hysteria they propagate to weaken the resolve and drain the loins of all life force. Ours are, quote, all the dazzling days, all the mystic nights with dreams, because there's no real point to America if whatever else we do, the faith and the fervor, the community and the family and the church, isn't done with unbridled joy. And joy is a basic bitch. So judge away, my fellow Americans, while we sip and sweat and smile, Defenders, Defenders, of the nation's broken heart and custodians of its exhausted libido. We've everything we need here at the nice strip mall to make sure this nation we love thrives by making better things to make lives better. And we've nothing to lose except the contempt of our miserable peers. Basic bitches of the world, unite. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Libowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Skaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic, and we will see you again soon.